On today's episode of Titus and Tate, Bama got their butts whooped at Oklahoma. Whooped. Um, Porter Moser says, I want that Notre Dame job, Tate. Mm. I think that's what that was. Yeah. Porter Moser is uh, looking to move back up, uh, back to the Midwest. He, he loved the Lake Michigan that he lived by. He's like, get me back up in the <laughs> Chicago land area, I guess. Right. Is that what is that how we interpret this? Because Bama, woof. Yeah, and some transitive committee members are shook right now because people forget Villanova did beat Oklahoma, um, and then Oklahoma thrashed Alabama. So in the world of college basketball, Nova's back. make it make sense. Is Villanova back? Are they a blue Villanova's blood? Back. Some are saying yes. Uh, Bama getting their asses whooped uh, opens the door for this, Tate. Um, as I sit here today on this Monday morning with the calendar about to turn to February, I am for the first time um, seriously considering that maybe, potentially, mm. let's not get ahead of ourselves, but potentially, uh, there is a world in which the Purdue Boilermakers may in fact possibly be the best team in the country. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Not according to the net. So <laughs> yeah. maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> Um, I'm left scrambling, trying to figure out uh, who is the team that we are going to look to to say, <laughs> are we sure this team is not better than Purdue? Let's mm. have the discussion. Uh, this Purdue team, man, I, they, they kind of, against Michigan State on Sunday, uh, maybe it's an exaggeration because they looked they look really good in Portland um, when, when Purdue kind of jumped on the scene. But I, I felt like this game against Michigan State's the best Purdue's looked in a long time. Like, they looked every bit the part like a number one. They beat Michigan State's ass. A team that... Uh, felt like they should have beat Purdue in the first game. We're coming into Mackey feeling a little confident. Um, not that they, you know, should have been favored in this game, but just the way Zach Eady went about his business and and Purdue played in this game, it was like, oh, okay, so maybe, maybe, maybe we should consider that the number one team in the country is actually the number one team in the right. country. People are saying, <laughs> especially people on the wooden watch list, Zach Eady, that was his wooden moment. Uh, against where did speaking State. of speaking of wooden, where did wooden go to school? Oh yeah, people forget. Huh? Interesting. Oh, Collusion. Yeah. Yes. Collusion. Yes. It all all the way to the top. Uh, the SEC Big Twelve Challenge is in the books. Took place over the weekend. Um, and the winner of the challenge is drumroll, please. Basically, just all the home teams. Mm-hmm. That was that was basically it. Just the home teams won. Uh, I mean, like Texas Tech beat LSU and Kansas beat Kentucky on the road. But uh, otherwise, that seemed to be the theme throughout all these games. Was that you know, like TCU was banged up. I know. Um, but they go to Mississippi State. Mississippi State gets a big win at home uh, in overtime against TCU. West Virginia hangs on against Auburn. Baylor hangs on against Arkansas. Um, yeah, just just when I was ready to like make sweeping narrative decisions about each conference, something else would happen, and I would switch <laughs> back. I mean, obviously, I think the Big Twelve was better than the SEC, but at the same time, um, Missouri blew out Iowa State. So like, what make what does that, that make mean? sense? <laughs> make yes. that make you know? <laughs> so. Uh, I guess the conclusion I drew, I drew is that uh, being the home team in college basketball is kind of valuable. And that it does matters. matter. So, I think yeah, in any well, basketball, uh, you know, form or any league, if you have the home court advantage, guess what, folks? It might be an advantage. Is there that a, is that a veiled shot at the uh, refs in the Lakers Celtics game? Is that what that mm, was, Tate? Mm. It felt like maybe that could have been no. Um, that was amazing, you, by the way. We, you know, we should talk, can we talk about that? I know, some we point should, today? Yeah. Maybe in shoutouts. Uh, the one team in this country that I'm starting to work on a theory does not like their home court is the Houston Cougars, dude. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Cincinnati and Landers Nolly gave them all they could handle at home. Signature half. Uh, this after losing to Temple at home, uh, they've already lost to Alabama at home. I'm starting to I'm starting to worry that maybe Houston, mm-hmm. Houston's a Final Four team, but because the Final Four is in Houston, that's actually a bad. That thing. might be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Houston playing at home might be a problem. Uh, we'll talk about Houston a little bit and Creighton with a huge statement win over Xavier. Uh, 
spoiler alert, the Blue Jays are back. It's yes. first reported on Titus and Tate. I Creighton never went away mm-hmm. for us, but I think the rest of the country is catching up that Creighton is actually a pretty good team. So um, it was a loaded weekend. There's a lot to talk about. We'll do our best to hit it all. But first, what are you doing? All right, let's uh let's start out with Purdue, okay? Is that uh is that fair that we should should we start with the number one team in the country that is the unanimous number one unanimous. team? Unanimous. That that uh, is uh, the word of the day. Big Ten stat of the day. I saw this uh, after this new AP poll came out that Purdue is the uh, it was one of these many um, Purdue fan Twitter accounts. So I have no idea if this is true, but um, I don't know. It probably is because the, the Purdue feels like the one fan base that would attack their fellow man if they put out fake stats you know mm-hmm. like they would be like we're purdue we're better than that we we crunch the numbers we we're do the, math you know yes we do the math here like you can't just be throwing out false stats but i saw someone said that uh um this is the first power conference team tate stick with me <laughs> i'm listening <laughs> in the history of the ap poll to be unanimous uh first place to get the unanimous first place votes in back-to-back seasons at least one week in back-to-back seasons because the only other team to do it is Gonzaga because, like, the first-place votes, they started tabulating those, like, 20 years ago is all. Mm-hmm. Um, and since they started doing that, on, Purdue is the first power conference team to have a unanimous number one in back-to-back seasons, which, like, still doesn't seem right. I don't feel like that's I, – I still, like – That might be the most Big Ten like, stat of the week I've heard in quite some time. And uh, having to put all – once you have to put in all the caveats and you get to that point, you're saying to yourself, oh, my God, this is exactly what Purdue wants. It's right in your face. And and to be honest with you, Purdue, I think they're gaining momentum the more that the naysayers are like, this yeah. can't be right. This can't yeah. be true. It can't be Purdue. Oh, I saw that stat, though, and I was I immediately thought – Okay. Oh, there have been a lot of great teams through the years, obviously, and a lot of great programs with sustained success. But um, the one that immediately jumped out to me was like 01 02 Duke, those two seasons when Duke won the title uh, in 2001, and then in 02 brought back basically the exact same team except Shane Battier. um, And they were number one basically all season. But then I'm sure the cutoff point was like the next year they started doing the first place votes. Right. So I don't know. That that's that's why it's a good Big Ten stat of the days because it's like you you draw you you create your cutoff points and then the second you step over those cutoff points, like twelve other examples come flooding in. <laughs> and they say, <laughs> wait, 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 yeah, keep those out of here. Keep those uh, out of here. Well, let's talk about Purdue because Zach Eady, 38 points, um, was thir- 13 rebounds, was going for the 40-point game. Uh, I think that's why Matt Painter threw him back in. I love Jay Wright on the call, just like incredulous as to what's going on when Zach Eady checked back into that game. Um, it was just like like, like, like uh, Jay Wright, is what's going through his head is the same thing going through like any cynical or pessimistic Purdue fan's head, which is like, this is you're just taunting the gods asking Zach right. to roll his ankle right. in his final two minutes. Um, but I, I can only assume he was out there to get 40, but at the same time, he had 37. So, like, why not have a little fun with it, Zach, and throw up a three, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I was a little confused by that. But uh, dominant performance from Zach Eady at a time when um, there's a lot of chatter, Tate, in the southern part of the state that Zach Eady's grip on Big Ten Player of the Year is slipping, that Zach Eady's grip, therefore, if Zach Eady can't be the the best player in his own conference, then maybe Zach Eady's grip on National Player of the Year might be slipping because Trace Jackson Davis is playing out of his mind. 
Um, and maybe with Indiana Purdue game looming, is there a path for Trace to spoil the whole Zach Eady coronation? Yada yada yada. We can talk about that later, maybe. But uh, Zach Eady played a, a, an absolutely dominant game, like I said, against a team that uh, felt like they were better than Purdue the first time they played. And um, this was, I'll, I'll just, I'll just start my Purdue thoughts with this. Like, if we got this Purdue every time Purdue took the floor. Then yeah, no shit, dude. Like I would, I would gladly say this is a national title caliber team, and they are by far the number one team. And all the things that Purdue fans have been screaming for for weeks now, and the rest of the country is like, ah, give me a second, I can't quite get there. Um, if if this is what Purdue was every every night out, I think all of us would agree. Yes, yes, we're 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 nodding along. They they are that good. The problem is that that that's not been the case, and they've been squeaking by here and there. Um, but yeah, this was. This was a, a statement win, which is weird to say for a team that's only lost one game on a last-second shot. Um, but I, I felt like this was a huge, huge win for Purdue in that regard. That like it kind of silenced the haters, so to speak. Tate and Zach Eady silenced the haters. I saw a lot of people pointing out. I mean, how can you stop this man? And there have been a lot of comments about him being a lumbering oaf. I think is something that I've heard before, and that you know he's just tall. He's not very who, who, good. Who me? No, who I, me? I, I, don't, I don't know who said it. Somebody said that. Uh, I think I literally said that after he uh, hurt Zed Key in the <laughs> Ohio State game. Some people have it's said just... it. I wasn't going to say you said it, but some people have. And I think that in this game he was so dominant. Uh, you know, he still had some some miss bunnies but by the end of it you're saying to yourself oh my god we have a seven foot four force that cannot be stopped and he seems to be getting he's learning he's growing he's getting better and he's figuring things out and again he started playing basketball at 15 I love this story I love the Zach Eady arc I think he is uh he is fully on the climb and I said this to you yesterday we were watching uh, the football games together I think Foster Lawyer has a little bit of him in him and uh and I don't say that lightly <laughs> I mean, Fletcher Lawyer. Sorry, I said Foster. Fletcher. Because Foster yeah. has a little bit of him in him as well. But Fletcher Lawyer, uh, he is unfazed. He is very even-keeled. And every single time that Purdue seemingly needs a bucket, we always look and we say, who's it going to be on this team? And yeah. the resounding answer, it seems to be, is Fletcher Lawyer. And Fletcher Lawyer is right there in our face. He is not backing down from the moment. And so far, so good. It's great to have Zach Eady, but it's nice to have the moxie of a freshman in, in Fletcher Lawyer. So that that helps. And also, this team is very unselfish, right? That's why Purdue's fun to watch. They actually get the best shot. They actually make the right play. I texted you this weekend. I think that the only thing that they're elite at is making the right decision and the right yeah. basketball play, which is uh, you know tip of the cap to the coach, Matt Painter. That's why coaches love him. That's why fans love him. But we still have – I still have personally – my concerns once we get to March. But I think the more that I don't believe in Purdue, the more that I'm giving them the magic to make that Final Four run. I think if I if I finally give in and bend the knee and I say, Purdue, you're actually number one, you are unanimous, you are the best team, that's when it will all fall away. So for Purdue fans out there, just know that I will not bend the knee and I will see you in Houston. <laughs> I, I think... It's fair to not bend the knee. That's what that's what's like so. <laughs> it's fair um, to not bend the knee. <laughs> that's so frustrating though. About I, I, we we talked about this before a, a few shows ago when when uh, Bama was hot and um you know the the the, the new it might have been was it last week I guess yeah when, <laughs> things happen when the fast. new poll came out and people thought Bama might be deserving of number one and Purdue fans were like why does everybody hate us um. It's it's I, I I just implore Purdue fans to again like just uh, maybe not like understand where the rest of the country's coming from, but just like appreciate what this team is and how unlikely this team is because it's not 
it's not that that everyone else looks at this Purdue team and says they're fraudulent and they suck. It's that I mean the the fact of the matter as as we've talked about ad nauseum and we will continue to talk about because it's just like it, it just blows your mind. The roster makeup of having no McDonald's All Americans, no five stars, no no NBA players, no um you know a, a, a backcourt with freshmen. Uh, but beyond that, Tate, this team is not a great three point shooting team. They have games where they can hit threes. They they like ultimately don't need to be a forty percent three point shooting team. You know they don't need to be like Jay Wright's best Villanova teams. That's not what they have to be. But because uh, you know all all they really need to be is a threat from outside and to where you can't double Edie, you know, and throw all of your defenders at them. Um, but they're not an elite three. They're not an elite shooting team. Uh, they play at a glacial pace. They are not elite defensively. They're good defensively, much better than last year defensively. They are not a team, though, that is winning games by just like, you know, being a boa constrictor on other offenses, and that that's how they're they're grinding out games in that fashion. That's not that's not what this Purdue team is. They're 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 good defensively. They're not elite defensively. Um, and when you start making the checklist of all of these things of like what we sit here in 2023 and believe a national title team should look like Purdue checks none of these boxes none zero they they have uh a seven foot four man that does not leave uh outside of the, he does not step outside of the underneath the basket right does not step if you ask big 10 coaches he does not step outside the pain <laughs> uh for longer than stretch for longer than two and a half second stretches um but like that that's that's why it's breaking our brain and i guess like there there's a fine line to walk between like being a hater and saying like this team's a fraud because uh of all of these things and obviously um because they don't check any of these boxes they're not actually good and then maybe like appreciating that this team is winning in spite of all of those things and i think like purdue fans from day 1 have appreciated obviously because they're not going to be haters of their own team and i think the rest of the country is just like now hang on a second let's let's take a wait and see approach because the alternative of uh, if you don't want to be skeptical, the alternative is that like you're the reality, you know, about basketball is wrong, you know? And like, I think most of us neutral or, you know, maybe even non-neutral, even the Purdue, hate, whatever you want to call it, like the non-Purdue fans, um, they sit here today and they're like, it's, it's just breaking your brain. You watch this team and it breaks your brain. It's like, I texted you as we were, as uh, the game was going on that, that this Purdue team, it, it finally clicked with me. That I feel like Matt Painter has been given instructions uh, by Neil, by the ghost of Neil Armstrong and the ghost of John Wooden to avenge. Although John Wooden was responsible for the 1969 national championship loss, Purdue has been to one national championship game in the history of the program. It was 1969. Uh, they they played against John Wooden, who is the most famous Purdue basketball alum in the history of the program. Just look at, look at yes. the statues. Look at the statues. Yes, they're everywhere. He was coaching the other team, the UCLA Bruins. He beats his alma mater for the 1969 title. A few months later, Neil Armstrong lands on the moon. Um, and I don't know what the synergy with all that was, but I I, I texted you. It feels like Purdue uh, has like Matt Painter has finally gotten instructions from he he was he was Smalls and Sandlot and the ghost of of John Wooden visited him and said he has to avenge the 1969 loss. So he has built a team that can no doubt about it win the 1969 national championship. And all of us are here in 2023 looking at this roster, looking at this team. And we're like, how is this working? <laughs> what the hell is going on? Uh, but also it's almost February and they've lost one game by a last second shot. So it's like, we're kind of waiting for it to reveal itself as fraudulent and it's not doing it. And in fact, they're playing, as I said, on Sunday, it was like the best they've looked in a long time. So yeah, it's just, it's just breaking everyone's brain. And I think I'm starting to get to a point where I'm like, 
I have no choice but to respect and appreciate what this team is, I guess. Right, and it all goes back yeah. to 1969, so we appreciate that. And uh, at the end of the day, if you saw... The race to 1969. The race to 1969 <laughs> for Purdue. And if you saw footage from the 1969 title game and you were able to superimpose Zach Eady into that footage, it would look right. It would make sense. Yeah. Like Zach Eady would dominate in 1969. He would be, uh, I mean, a show within himself. People would come see him drive across the country to see the seven foot four monster Zach Eady dominated the game of basketball and uh i'm happy for purdue fans that everyone i think it's good for basketball in general the actual game of basketball itself that these guys who are making the right play who are Mm. basically making the right pass at all times and trying to get the best shot every single possession and it's such a machine that it's good for the sport overall that if it does work then every coach can say Look at that five out there. Are, do, you, do you think that five's the best team in the country? No, but they play the game the best way, and that's right, why right, they won the right. national championship. And that in and of itself is good for the sport. And that's what Purdue can hang their hat on, and that's what they can be happy about. And I think there's a world, and I said this to you, I see a, I close my eyes, I see a world, Purdue, UCLA, Houston, 1969, Whoa. Final Four. Whoa. And then UCLA wins. And then UCLA beats <laughs> Purdue <laughs> But I, 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 I am happy for Purdue because we said don't, you know, enjoy the moment. Don't get ahead of yourself. But I think that they can do a little bit of both now because this team is unanimous. They are number one. There have been so many other teams in the top five that have flamed out and, and completely gone to the wayside. And yet Purdue is the only one that seemingly ha- has been able to hold strong. And that's because of Zach Eady. And it's because of Matt Painter. And we have to give credit to Matt Painter. I... I love the uh, the Zach Eady isn't good. He's just tall. Right. Arguments. It's, it, it's that, that the, is, is Zion fat. I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's that level of injury. The the it's so stupid for so many reasons, um, and that's what makes it a perfect like internet troll argument. Because right. it's like one, it's first of all, it's not true, obviously, because we have <laughs> we we have so many examples of these big dudes that have come through Purdue that if if. If being seven foot plus on, you know, for, for the Purdue Boilermakers was all it took to be a dominant basketball player, then then we would have been talking about National Player of the Year Matt Harms and National Player of the Year Isaac Haas, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Isaac Haas and Zach Eater are basically the exact same size, are they not? You right. know? And I'm, I'm here to tell you, Isaac Haas was not, was not as good as Zach Eady, Tate. Wasn't even close. Um, so the idea that everyone's like, he's, he's only good because he's big is hilarious. But then at the same time, um, it's it's also hilarious because Purdue fans can't help themselves. Purdue fans are are such like logic and, and fact and like number based nerds mm-hmm. that they like will engage in any argument because they can't they can't just handle like just they troll, can't handle troll. us just talking you know yeah, because, just talking yeah just right talking, we were talking about talking Edie shit. fouling out of a tournament game and they're yeah. like he averages one point nine fouls per yeah. game he will not foul out yeah and you're yeah. saying get these numbers out of my face yeah when I, if if I was <laughs> I to say that. that Purdue yeah yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even I can't even imagine how many things I've already said this podcast that are, are the the mm-hmm. the nerds are already uh working on debunking. Um right. but then like they don't even really debunk it. They just like throw a bunch of numbers. The way they debunk it is just like throw enough numbers at you, your eyes gloss over, and then you just you just tap you out. Cower. Like, you right, say you I, win. I, yeah, you win. You say uncle. Um but that's that's what's hilarious too is that the just the, the Purdue fans engage in the argument as though it's like a valid argument as but but really it's not because you're saying it's just a what if world yeah like if if Steph Curry couldn't shoot he wouldn't be as good you know and it's like <laughs> well, what are we talking about at this right. point 
Right. Well, I guess like like what what I would do if I was if this was uh you know if I if if Zach Eady was Greg Oden you know and I I was was an Ohio State fan and I was watching this happen and everyone say Greg Oden is only good because he's tall, I would respond. I would just simply say, "Thank God he's tall." Then I guess <laughs> and leave it at that. Right. But Purdue fans can't help themselves, so they engage, and then the trolls get, and it's just like the it's the dumbest thing ever, and uh, I love it. I, I hope it continues all season. And then when when the Purdue loses in the national title game to UCLA, the trolls are going to say, "See, I told you, Zach." <laughs> and it's a very it's a very tall. Neanderthal basketball take. It's a very old <laughs> take. You know, it's like tall guy put the ball in the hoop. Because I also feel like Edie gets cherry picked and nitpicked a little bit, where he'll he'll have a, one of those plays where. It's a wide open layup, seemingly, and then he just botches it. It misses it, yeah. And then they're like, "See, told you. If he's See, if he's yeah. six foot four, that's getting swatted." You're like, "Yeah, yeah, like, he's not, not. yeah right, right, <laughs> right." Like, what are you talking until, about? Until I see Zach Eady, uh bring the ball up the floor, clear everyone out, and go ISO, <laughs> go, go one, one go four one, flat, one four flat. I will not give this man his flowers. <laughs> I will say that that is one of the things that I think has been confused in the the cu- current conversation. Like I see basketball guys and they talk about players and, you know, you'll see guys and they say Kyrie Irving is the best player. Right. And sure. I, I appreciate that. That's their opinion. But they're talking about the skill set and they're basically saying what we just said. If Kyrie Irving is going one four flat, you know, it's like I, I take my chances with Kyrie. Have you ever seen someone block him around the rim? He's like a wizard. Da 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 da. But it's really about the skill that you're talking about, right? That that is so impressive about this player. It's like the the specific ball handling and things like that. And that's what people want to see from Zach Eady. They want to like, but can this man even like cross somebody up? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> not what we need from Zach Eady. <laughs> Just feed the big man the ball. Let him turn around and throw it in and run back on defense. But like that, I, I think even his skill is underrated though, because some of these he shots. He has some touch. He's got touch, man. He's got and touch. That's a, and, and, and he's a good free throw shooter for his size right. and, and all that stuff. It, that's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I we got to stop. We got to move on. I'm starting to sound like a Purdue fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, will, and, and, so, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I have one, uh, we have one entity that is not a fan of Purdue. You and I are saying Purdue, tip of the cap, unanimous, number one team in the country. You did it. You made it. We give you Hang your the flowers. banner. Hang the banner. <laughs> but the net rankings say nay. The net rankings have been updated, and the net rankings say Purdue is still number three in the country. They are not number one. Uh, these are the all-powerful, all-knowing net rankings. No one can question the net rankings. The net rankings know all. Can I guess it? Can I guess the net rankings? Yeah, please. I've, I haven't looked at them. Um, I, you know, I, I usually are, I'm refreshing the net rankings every ten minutes. But, right. Uh, I had a hectic weekend and I uh, couldn't get around to it this morning. So um, I'm going to say number one on the net rankings. It's either Houston or Tennessee, and mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Houston. I'm gonna Houston. stick to Houston as number one on the net rankings. You is are correct, correct, sir. Come on down. Okay. The Houston it's Tennessee Cougars. too. And Tennessee is number two. Yes. Oh, okay. All so right. There you go. That that that's your top three in the net: Houston, Tennessee, Purdue. Number four, Alabama. Number five, UCLA. So that is your top five according to the net rankings. You and I have talked about this when the net came out. We laughed at it. We said we will never look at it, and. I will be honest with you, I never do look at it, but over the past couple of weeks, out of my <laughs> fascination also. for the net rankings, I have become obsessed. I It became a bit, <laughs> it became a joke, and now I live the net. Now I am in the net. Now I'm caught up in the net. I, I feel like the net has got me right where they want me. I'm looking at the net. I'm checking the net. I'm confused by the net. I don't know how the net works. 
But uh, we it, need some we need some like uh, infomercials from some infomercials from the '90s when they were talking like introducing kids to the internet. And right. Have you kids checked out the net? Right. <laughs> right. And it's you trying to come on in, come on into the come internet. on in. Look at the net. <laughs> yeah. um, you love it here. Are are we sure the net and Ken Palm aren't the same thing? Mm. Are are we sure this isn't like a uh, Costco situation with like a uh, you know yeah, I, Kirkland I, signature? I, the, the Kirkland signature is just. You're you're taking the Pro V1 golf balls and throwing right. the Kirkland signature right. logo on them. Your buddy's got a bag that looks just like your Titleist bag, but it's all Kirkland yeah. signature. <laughs> it's like Pro V1 wedges. I'm starting to think Pro the net V1s, is... SM9 wedges, but they're all Kirkland signature. I'm starting to think the net is just Kirkland signature Ken Palm. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what I'm starting to think. That's it looks right, but there's on. just like a little bit something that's off. You know, it's just it's so close, but it's just a little bit off. But yeah, um, it's been comedy. Yeah, uh, shout out to uh, last Purdue thought. Shout out to uh, uh, David Jenkins, the, the kid from Utah that they brought in, who was supposed to be like I think when he when they got him in the portal, um, he was supposed to be the starting point guard for Purdue, and then Braden Smith, uh, and and uh, Fletcher Lawyer have their little romance going or whatever. Where they tongue kiss on the weekends. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is they do. They're mm-hmm. just two Indiana boys in love, mm-hmm. um, and they became the nucleus of the backcourt. And Jenkins kind of got pushed aside. Um, and, and he hasn't, he hasn't really like, frankly, he hasn't been what I think Matt Painter wanted him to be. And, um, anyway, Sunday he had the, he had his best game in a pretty uniform. So shout out to that guy for that, because that was, uh, I, I think they're going to need, I, I, I look at, I, I say this about a lot of teams and, uh, I don't even really know if I believe it or just like kind of a talking head thing where you just feel like you got to <laughs> say something interesting and you feel like maybe this might be it. Um, but I do think that like teams that win national championships, Tate, uh, there will be moments throughout their title run where you have to call on someone. You you're not really calling on, but you're just like you're you're looking in the huddle and you're like, we're kind of, we're gonna probably need somebody to. We're step gonna need up. an like, X factor. Yeah, we're gonna need someone that like mm-hmm. to come out of nowhere and at a moment where you know the the coach on the other team didn't have an extensive scouting report on him. Yada yada yada. I don't know if that's gonna be David Jenkins, um, but maybe it will be. And I guess like if on on Sunday, if you're a Purdue fan, you're like, okay. That was cool that he was was caught. he wasn't just hitting shots. He was like he was stepping into some of those threes like he was he was him. Like he, he was, was, he was yeah, like yeah, he was yeah, the star yeah. player on the team. Like he was Jaden Ivey, yeah. you know. Um and I guess like that's encouraging because there there might be a moment in an NCAA tournament game where again, I I keep saying this not to like to to give Purdue fans like night sweats, but just to to acknowledge the reality of the situation. There might be a moment where Zach Eady gets in foul trouble, rolls his ankle, something happens. And like these other dudes are going to have to win a game without him. And, uh, you know, and that might be a game where David Jenkins is like, I'll take over. And what what happens after that? I don't know. Maybe he's t- three for 17. Um, but that was encouraging on Sunday. He had a great game and uh tip of the cap to him for that. So yeah. And I, I saw a quote after the game Jenkins. He said, we had a lot of people doubting us in the beginning because you know, we may not be the most talented team, but we're close on the court and off the court, and it's translating to how we're winning. So even David Jenkins, he looked at us, just like we said. Purdue fans are mad at us by talking about the talent. Even David Jenkins said some people, including some us, people are saying, <laughs> are saying, that, we are, are saying. that we are not that talented, but we are winning games. And that's eight in a row yeah, for Purdue. Make, eight make it make sense. Make it make sense that Purdue fans like point to Matt Payne and are like, that guy's the best coach of college basketball because he does so much with so little. And then when when you say it's outside, little, they're like, "What'd you say? Yeah, you say like, Look like, how big Zach Eady is. You said we're little." Um, as a reminder, I am willing. I'm sticking with it, Tate. I'm willing to mm-hmm. uh, 
uh cheer for Purdue. I, Purdue fans misconstrued this when I said this. I had a couple people um just jump straight to like, wow, you're cheering for Purdue now. That's pretty sick. No, no, I'm not doing that, Tate. I, I want <laughs> I want to remind everybody I'm not cheering for Purdue. Yeah, um, you have caveats. There are caveats. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I am willing to cheer for Purdue under these conditions. Number one, Ohio State and Indiana have been eliminated from national title contention. Uh Ohio State, I think at this point has been eliminated. I'm going to go ahead and eliminate ourselves um, until further notice. Indiana has not, Tate. So for that reason, we're not there yet. I'm not cheering for Purdue International title yet. Uh, number two, what did I say? Uh, uh, if if there are any acts of scumbaggery, um, so the jury's still out. And that's my discretion, you know. Yes. We'll see. There's still a lot of basketball left to be played between now and and March. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if some scumbaggery presents itself. Uh, number three, Matt Painter gets too big for his britches. Again, my discretion. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Big big opportunity coming up this weekend. Matt Painter feels like, you know, he he, he if, if he knocks off Indiana um, on Saturday, all eyes are going to be on him as to whether he gets too big for his britches. And I mean that literally as well, too. Right. Matt, Matt Painter's weight has fluctuated through mm-hmm. the years. Like, if he, if he actually gets fat, that's also getting too big for his britches. So right. figuratively and literally. He's like rewarding himself with too much ice cream. He's having a good yes. time. He's like, look how good we are. It's like, no, Matt Painter, not now. And then if a feel-good story emerges, and again, that's my discretion, another feel-good story that I have to cheer for. So uh, mm. so we're still a long way away from me actually pulling for Purdue. I'm just saying it's on the horizon. So let's uh, Purdue fans, let's calm down. Let's not be you know, getting ahead of ourselves and, and the Boilers beat Michigan State and you're DMing me like, how about that? Your national title pick is is playing good basketball, right? No, 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 no. Let's pump the brakes, all right? There's a long way to go. Right. So, it's a long anyway. runway. But shout out to Purdue. Again, you're not the best team in the country just because I want to keep, you know, <laughs> you guys, the, the train keep rolling. I want the, I want the train you got, to continue. Your AP, your AP vote this week is Purdue at two and number one's vacated. <laughs> right, yes. There it's is just no a message. One. It's just empty. Yeah. <laughs> Someone has to uh, the spot. So let's talk about some of these other games for the weekend. What 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 jumps out to you um, as as a good uh, game to talk about or a good, uh, uh, something interesting with the team? The, the floor is your estate. What else? Well, I know that we're early because uh, it is the first. It is a Monday. It is not Friday. It is not Fraud Friday. But I think, uh, you know, I was watching the Kansas-Kentucky game. I know that your Buckeyes were playing during the same time, so I was doing yeah. my due diligence as a journalist. So I was watching the, the Kansas-Kentucky game at Rupp Arena. And, you know, just seeing... Kansas kind of play with that that desperation uh, a little bit was fun you know this is a team that I wanted to see what they look like when things weren't going well and obviously on a three-game losing streak you go on the road you're playing at Kentucky this is a, a classic moment for Cal to get a nice signature win for the season but Bill Self delivers yet again like I, I said I think a couple shows ago about the tiers of college basketball coaches and the programs and all things considered Bill Self is sitting in his own tier and John Calipari mm-hmm. was looking at it with tears in his eyes because he said, I want to be a bad guy like that. I want to be that bag. I want, I want to get back to that. That is something that I can get down with. And Grady Dick was great in this game. I think Grady Dick, I learned in this game, is a little underrated as a defender. I think he's got great hands. Uh, so that's my update on Grady Dick. Great hands. Um, Kansas gets a nice win. I don't, I don't take or besmirch too much of Kentucky, but as far as the fraud of it all, Rupp Arena. 
You know, like if, if if you're at home and you have a blue blood coming in, you got to get the win. And and I'm not saying that it's on the fans, but I'm literally last year, this literally last year, this game, Kentucky beat Kansas's ass. Right. And Kansas right. Well, and guess who was on the fraud list? Allen Fieldhouse that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's true. Script. We did. We did call out uh, Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have true. to be fair. I have to be fair. So Rupp Arena, what are you doing? Bring the guy back with the Texas sign. I think we need that kind of energy again to get John Calipari fired up. Uh, I really thought Kentucky would win this game, but it's tough to see Kansas, Kansas losing four Kansas games. Is yeah, losing. Kansas is yeah. not going to lose four games in a row. Not losing so. four games in a row. Right. And and again, that's one of those things that uh, that that someone would try to explain is like that's not an actual thing. Like teams can't, you know, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as like a team can't lose four games in a row. And then I would say, Cre- yeah, Creighton's like yeah, Creighton's yeah, like yes, we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> I no, I they're both self has never lost four games in a row at Kansas. It just wasn't mm-hmm. going to happen. Not with the team this good, and and they're not. I don't think they're as good as they were last year, but they're still, um, yeah, they're still a national title caliber team. So they weren't losing four in a row. They weren't this losing four happening. in a row. Yeah, yeah. This was yeah. Severe Wheeler tried his best. Still, Cal's guy. <laughs> He's playing. I better. uh, you 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 were you you mentioned I I, I didn't watch a ton of this game because I was too busy watching uh um the Ohio State just. Uh, Whatever I'm running. Out I think of we should talk about that. Indiana if we talk about that game. Just to... I'm 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 running out of words to describe where Ohio State's at. I, okay. I I am officially done. By the way, I'm done with this Buckeye team. I'm done. So there's that. So I I'm, I, I when when you're working in uh in this when, when we do the job that we have and we have to watch, we, we you know we have to keep tabs on all 363 teams, which we do. We watch all these teams every mm-hmm. single week. Um, we're watching all all the games. Uh. There comes a point, Tate, where you have to balance like being, you know, a, a diehard fan of your alma mater, but also being the most respected journalist in the game today, um, and and just like one of the one of the preeminent voices of college basketball, and that that everyone turns to with the best takes, you know. And so I guess I have I have battled that issue with this Ohio State team, where it's like I want to be the fan, and I want to. I think people who listen to the show do enjoy that we love our alma mater so much, whether it annoys the shit out of them or not. It's like part of the appeal is that we're mm-hmm. not afraid to be fans. But then at, at, sometimes your team sucks, and it's at the so you have to like watch them at the expense of like watching a better game. And it hit me Saturday night as I was watching Ohio State suck ass. I was like, this is one of those times where I should not, I should, I should be watching Kentucky Kansas. Like this is <laughs> so I, I, I'm done. So that's basically my announcement. Is like I'm done. I'm done. <clears throat> I'm, Ohio State no longer gets first billing on my watch, on what game I'm watching, you know? Well, there still is a caveat, because when I looked at the net rankings, Ohio State, despite losing head-to-head to North Carolina and having more losses, still ahead of North Carolina in the net, and still ahead of, ahead of North Carolina in Kim Palm. <laughs> so, as far okay, as... So, the, I'm not done. I'm yeah, not done yet. As far yet. as we're the back. algorithm we're goes, <laughs> you're actually doing better than, than oh, my alma mater right now. Anyway, I was going to say, I, I didn't watch a ton of the Kentucky-Kansas game, I, but I did see... Uh, my my thoughts on Kentucky, like they're they're obviously playing better than they were when they were were when we were just cackling, laughing mm-hmm. at, at the state of the program. Um, but I, I am going to have concerns. I, I I've I've had concerns all season about Antonio Reeves and CJ Frederick being their shooters, and they're they're both. I think they're both still shooting at a great clip. Um, in terms of their three point shooting percentage, but I, I every time I watch those dudes play, I just feel like they have such a slow release that they can hit when they're open, but um against a team like Kansas that has length and athleticism and that's like their that's their whole rosters they just have like long dude long arm dudes that are six seven they're just closing out that are interchangeable and can mm-hmm. close out I worry about Kentucky in that regard and their offense is 
so clunky to begin with at times that um, what, what makes their offense click is when those guys can shoot. And I don't know, again, I, I'd have to go back and grind the tape. I did not do that, but I, 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 I looked at the box score and saw that they were 0 for 8, and I was like, that makes a ton of sense to me because I think that's going to continue to be a problem. Is I, I do – I generally, I, I remember that when CJ Frederick, uh, we were, he was hurt, right? Like when, during their Bahamas tour, Kentucky, yep. but they were, uh, they were putting out clips of Frederick getting shots up in the Bahamas and Kentucky fans were going nuts. Cause he made like 19 in a row or something in one of these clips. And I, I, I was like, yeah, dude, the guy can shoot. I saw it at Iowa, but also like, my God, that those 19 shots that there's a reason that clip was like four and a half minutes in those 19 shots, you know, like <laughs> I was like, he's got a slow release. I mean, it is what it is. I but I don't know. It, that that's the part that worries me is like when they get they, they face elite athleticism. Um, can he get it up? But then I don't know. CJ Frederick was hitting against Tennessee, and Tennessee feels like a team that I would say the same thing about. So maybe I'm full of shit. I don't know. But that that's both of those guys, Reeves and, Reeves and Frederick. Uh, they are great shooters, but uh, that that worries me about Kentucky in terms of like getting back to the level that that we thought Kentucky might be at to start the season. You know what I mean? It's so like Kentucky's back to like respectable. They're no longer a joke mm-hmm. of a team. But I, I I I there was a sense that maybe Kentucky was just gonna go push to the moon and be we're gonna look up in late February and it's like, oh my God, Kentucky's a top ten team again. How did that happen? I don't I don't know if we're gonna ever see that again. Right. It, it felt like they were bottoming in bottoming bottoming out and uh they were gonna be a nine win team or something like that. That was like the worst, you know, yeah, the outlook that the fear that it was. And then everyone they win four games in a row, everyone thinks that they are now back in the top ten and they're somewhere in the middle, which might be even worse, you know, for a Kentucky fan. That might even be more frustrating. But we said this last week when we were talking about Kentucky. If you make a, a second weekend of the tournament, sweet sixteen that's a success for this year. And when you came in, you were thinking national title or bust because you had the reigning national player of the year. And it yeah. goes back to Calipari at the start of the year said, you know, hold up on your expectations. He was like, lower your expectations. And we laughed at him and we said, why is this man doing this? And it turns out he knew. So Cal knew the entire time to lower the expectations. And it's right there in front of our face. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Houston. Can we talk about Houston a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um how uh how worried are we about Houston in general just just on on a macro level i'm not i'm not talking about like right now this this moment in time in the season i'm talking like i i think it's fair to say Houston um i don't know i i think this is fair this isn't me being like like putting unfair expectations on a, on a team and and um you know trying to like crush their season with just the weight of of expectation i do think it's fair to say that 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 Houston, if Houston does not win a national championship with this team, they should feel like they they let one slip away. I don't I don't know if failure is is strong enough as is you know I don't know if you, you want to go that far with it, but it's I I think inside that locker room at the start of the season and certainly at this point and and all throughout the year that the goal has been a national title that it, they they have believed that they are the best team in the country. I have believed for most of the season they've been the best team in the country. Um, and and I guess that that's where I'm at with Houston is like I don't want to obsess over every possession and and all that kind of stuff, uh, but at the same time there's starting to be some some cracks in the dam here, Tate. And I don't know. I'm I'm just curious where where you stand on Houston is like just the macro level being the betting favorite. I don't know if they still are, but they've they've been the betting favorite to win the national title all season. Um, does that still feel right to us? Does that like 
Are we starting to worry a little bit? What do we think? I think I'm starting to worry a little bit about Marcus Sasser, um, just in general, you know? And I feel like with this team, especially in this game, I mean, Walker scores 13 points in the second half. He was really the savior for Houston. Roberts has been great. Uh, Shed, Jamal Shedd's been great. Uh, those are like the the real pieces or the, the real pillars of the team that I feel like I can rely on right now. And it does feel like Kelvin Sampson is trying to unlock that gear with them. He's trying to get, I mean, obviously you play a Cincinnati team that maybe you're not up for. You're playing at home. You're expecting to blow them out. But Cincinnati came out and gave them everything they wanted and more. I mean, they were picking up full court. They have a lot of veteran guys like Landers Nolly, who we saw back in 2019 with Virginia Tech beat Michigan State uh, at the Maui Invitational, now playing Mm -hmm. for Cincinnati. So you you got David DeJulius, right? You got talented players on Cincinnati, but they haven't really been able to put it together. But that first half, that's what worried me about Cincinnati or about Houston in the tournament. It's just coming out and playing against a team. They come out a little flat, and then they're in panic mode. Their their whole goal is to to play this type of you know sixty point seventy point game, and I don't know. It just feels like sometimes it can get a little out of control with them, and they're looking for the hero play and the hero moment. And Marcus Sasser hasn't quite been that guy yet. I, yeah, I have my concerns I, about Houston, but I do think their defense and the fact that they set the tone of pretty much every game they play in, it, it gives you the the belief that they can win the national title. I don't, I don't I don't say I'm worried about them winning the title or I think they're out of that contention. I'm just saying I'm worried about them running into a really tough team that's tenacious and maybe you know they they fall by the wayside because of the competition a little bit. I I think their defensive intensity has fallen off a cliff. Right. Uh, well. Maybe that's exaggerating, but I, I, it, it is. It, it this, this, this team right now does not feel like Houston defensively. That, that is, uh, and, and, and I know Kelvin Sampson sees what I see, which is why he's. It feels like every shot in the Cincinnati game of Kelvin Sampson, he was ripping off another. His tie. Art, he was ripping another article of clothing off. Right. He was sweating a little bit more. Um, he's got a terrible tailor, by the way. Mm-hmm. Kelvin's. This has been going on for years. The Kelvin Sampson, like he's got the where's like the baggies clothes and. <laughs> Let's tighten it up, Kelvin. I think Baggy's coming back. I don't back think he now. has a tailor. I, I, think I, think, he's, I, think, I think Kelvin's ahead of the new trends, though, because Baggy's going to come back very soon. And everyone's going to be like, man, Kelvin Sampson, look at him. He gets it. He gets Kelvin it. Sampson gave his son his credit card and said, go to Men's Warehouse and buy me like three suits. And right. he's just been rocking those off the off the rack suits. <laughs> never got him tailored, never right. got him fit. He has no idea what his measurements are. Mm-hmm. So like, just find three suits that look all right. And I'll wear those, and I'll sweat through them, and um, <laughs> we'll throw them away after the game. We'll throw them away at the end of the year. Uh, but yeah, Houston, like Houston, going to win games with their defense. That's it. That's how they're going to do it. That's how that's how Kelvin Sampson wants to do it. That's how no matter how talented they are, um, that's that's going to be their calling card. And I don't know, man. Like it's it that that's what's starting to worry me. It, but I but I also. I, I I'm not like ta- I don't know I'm I'm not out on Houston because I I do think that there's a switch that could be flipped I do think that they're kind of uh the the flip side to having a mentality of like our real goal is a national title is that sometimes in January and February you can get a little bored um when you're a team like Houston that's playing in a conference that's you're not getting challenged night in and night out um and and you know you, you've been there done that in a lot of ways and they're going to the Big Twelve next year so like next year it'll be a different story but um. Yeah, so I guess like if I'm if I'm trying to be optimistic about Houston, I I go that path where it's like they're just kind of bored maybe, and they're waiting for the real lights to turn on. Um, but but yeah, w- watching them play Cincinnati, it's like this this team and and obviously coming off the heels of the Temple, they 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 played well against UCF, 
they're going to play well all season. They're they're going to continue. I I really do think they're going to maybe they lose to Memphis or something, but they're going to they're not going to lose more than like one or two more games the rest of the way. They're they're probably going to be a one seed. Um, and I will probably pick them to win the national title because I'll talk myself into it. But uh, it's they, they just don't they don't have the juice right now. They they as a team don't have the juice as you said. Marcus Sasser is just kind of going through the motions off and and that's like. As as a guy who uh, has taught, I was very high on Houston at the start of the year. Like all the talking points as to why I loved Houston don't really seem to apply to Houston right this second. That's what that, I think. That's the and problem that's the with issue. Houston for the general fan too, because you have like the talking points that you heard at the start of the year and what this team's supposed to be, and then you watch them and you're like, which one is supposed to be the best player here? Which one yeah. is supposed to be the yeah. leader of this team? And I yeah. think that they're they're really talented. They're great defensively. They pretty much win the rebounding battle in every game that they play, even if they you know aren't yeah. all connected or whatever. I mean, they do all the little things that get you wins. But I'm worried about that next year. I need. I, I think I, they might I be need, better on the road than they are at home. By the way, like that's what I'm Houston. saying, dude. They really are. Right. I really think they're better on the road than they are at home. Which it might. Be, I really think, which might be a good thing. We're talking about they're like, like the, the, the only team tournament. in the country that's better on the road than the home than at home. There's two, there two losses are at home. They they, I don't know. Should have lost to Cincinnati. They they didn't. So there's no should doesn't really factor in. They beat Cincinnati, but like Cincinnati was outplaying them for most of this game at home. Mm-hmm. Um. Meanwhile, on the road, they they beat Virginia. Uh. Well, yeah. Let me pull up their schedule because I was I was looking at that too. They're they're literally undefeated on the road. They they beat um they beat Oregon, who's you know not not the typical Oregon team, but whatever. Uh. They they beat Virginia on the road by eight points. They they beat Tulsa by forty. Who Tulsa's dog shit? But you know, I'm not I'm not trying to say that that's a feather in the cap. But that's it's good like, for the net, though. It took care of business. I, I think that, Tulsa, those margins were big. Yeah. They beat Cincinnati. Yeah, they beat they they handled Cincinnati on the road. Mm-hmm. They 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 beat Cincinnati by thirteen. That, that's why to me, I feel like it's a you take Houston in the regional, like Houston to win their. They regional They beat Tulane by twenty. They beat UCF by eleven. Like they, they're blowing teams out on right. the road, and then at home, yeah, they they dick around with Alabama and let Alabama. Houston steal wins the win. regional. They dominate. Everyone's like Houston is a force. They're going to win the national yeah. championship. But the the real Achilles heel of it all is they have to go back to Houston. They have to play at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can they win at home? Can they win at home? <laughs> we have our doubts. Um, is 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 it the? I mean, I'm trying to think of like what could possibly be going on there. Like, cause that arena looks awesome. That, yeah, that arena. That, maybe like, maybe put, it's just like you feel the pressure of the expectation that you're supposed to win, and it's a lot easier on the road. I I did. I mean, BJ Armstrong told me this about the Bulls. He was like, we loved playing on the road, and we hated playing at home. He's like, it's too many distractions at home. Everybody wants tickets. Yeah. People want to get every piece of you. You have to be at your house. You have to be with your family. Strip clubs. Yeah. Well, he's like, if you're at the, if you're on the road, you know, you're just kind of like with the team. Like, who who else are you hang out also, with? Yeah. Also, strip, strip clubs, clubs on the road. So I guess <laughs> different strip clubs. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But you don't have to worry about your wife catching you in the street. It's good. On it's the road. good. Like when you when when you when you get galvanized by the environment, that's a good thing. And if you're a close knit team, like Purdue is saying they are, or like a Houston team seems like they be, sometimes that, that pulls Houston you together. Houston has a good strip club scene, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not James a strip Harden club guy. James Harden said that he would entertain the idea of going back, and I think a lot of people are saying well, that's why they're speculating okay, so as to that's why. Is. Maybe that's what that's what that's why Houston can't play well on the road. There's too there, these these there's too many strip clubs and mm. the guys. <laughs> right. We got to get them out of right. 
we got to we got to send them to where's Tulane? They won by 20 in Tulane. Uh that that that's probably not a party destination. It's, it's let me google real quick. Oh, New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Don't send them there. Okay, never mind. Uh I I take that back. No, it it's fascinating, dude. They 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 it feels like they're just kind of bored. So I don't, I don't know what, uh, Houston's going to burn me either way. Cause if I believe in them, I believe they're going to turn the corner and flip the switch and like become the, the, I, I just need like, I need to watch a Houston game again, where they're picking up full court and clapping in the face of the guy bringing the ball up the floor. You right. Know? And, and like that, that's the Houston DNA that I'm used to is like the junkyard dog mentality. The, you, you start like, you start making analogies about the guys that border on offensive, but really it's not, you know what I mean? Where you're just like these fucking tough son of bitch. You don't want to meet them in a dark alley. They'll beat the shit. Like, it's right. like the players are like, Whoa, Whoa, what are you saying about me? <laughs> like, I, just about me? I just, uh, hard. I just, I just, you know, I'm just playing as hard as I can. Uh, like we kind of did with Baylor, you know, with the uh, Davion Mitchell, you know, like you're, you're kind of, you're like, I don't know if this is a compliment anymore. If we're just trying to say this guy is like a bad guy who, who commits crimes. Is that what we're saying? I don't really know. But They're like he's a thief. Um, he's a th- yeah. <laughs> Davion Mitchell is not out here to be friends. He is there to kill you. Yeah. He's gonna eat your heart. Right. He's gonna right. <laughs> right. And honestly, um, that works as a YouTube headline. You're like, I gotta watch this video. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how that's how you want to talk about Houston, though. And that's what like when you get when you get excited about Houston, that's, that's the stuff that, that you want to say about them. And I'm just not saying that about them right now, but they are winning games. And I don't know what it'll, it'll be. Maybe, maybe it takes Memphis to, to, to bring that out of them. They got their two games against They don't play Memphis till the 19th of February. And then they play them again, the last game of the regular season. So that, that schedule is obviously backloaded for a more marquee matchups. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end of the year. So maybe like they start coming to life and, and Memphis is like the only team they really respect in this conference. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I, I still think Houston's an, an elite team. It's just uh, something to monitor tape. So, right, anyway. it's something to keep an eye on. And I will say this. I've seen an elite half before coached. I saw Penny Hardaway last year in the NCAA tournament against Gonzaga, elite half. I saw the same thing from Wes Miller in the first half of this game. They got a nice 16-0 run. They were playing great defense, getting a lot of pressure. I was impressed with Wes Miller. We saw him in, the, in Maui. I, I did not feel the same way. But in this game, in this half, so congratulations to the Cincinnati Bearcats. You got a signature half. So there you go. Uh, Wes Miller is is his his highlight reel is he hung around with Arizona and Maui. Right. Just hung around. You know, like Arizona was going to blow him out, but they hung around. Um, they played tough. They gave Xavier a good game, and uh, they should have beat Houston. And I think when if you're Wes Miller, you point to those three things and you say it was a hell of a year. Right. Signature <laughs> wins. But Three not actual wins. wins, not literal wins, signature wins. Uh, what else? What else is there? Uh, I don't know. Tennessee, Texas. Mm. Tennessee's another team that I've I've talked myself into uh, national title. Good, as you said on the on the net rankings, they're number two above Purdue. Um, are they, they're number two in the the AP poll, right? The the new poll. They're Tennessee's number two, right? They're number two. Uh, beat Texas in a uh, um, just a just a like slow burn of a game. Like it was just they just got out to a lead and kept him at arm's length. And um, that was that my, my Tennessee thoughts are this is a Kai Ziegler has to start. He just 22 like, and I, 10 in this game. Yeah. He's the, he's one of the best guards in the country. Yep. He is. He is to me what uh, Bill self says Dewan Harris is to Kansas. And I'm sure Dewan Harris is that, but then also like those four games leading into the Kentucky game, I think Dewan Harris scored five total points in the, in Kansas's four games leading into with two, 
two donuts. I think he had one game he scored three, one he scored zero, one he scored two, and then one he scored zero in the four <laughs> games leading into Kentucky. Um, and again, it, 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 at, at a certain point, like, yeah, dude, I, I respect the hell out of Dewan Harris, and I, I know exactly what he brings to the table. But also, your, your, your starting point guard, who won a national championship last year, Scored five points in four games, Bill. I mean, come on. Right. We need a little something be, more. Yeah. You, you can't be the best point guard in the country for scoring five points in four games. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the all the thing all the ways that Bill Self talks about Dewan Harris, I mean, Rick Barnes is saying the same things about Zakai Ziegler, but like that is that is who's the guy. I'm more willing to listen, you know, and it's backwards because Dewan Harris won a national title, but whatever, you know where I'm going with this. Like Zakai Ziegler like actually gets me excited when I watch him play basketball. Dewan Harris, it's like when I'm explaining why Dewan Harris is good to other people, I just feel like the most like condescending, you know, like I'm a galaxy brain basketball knower of things. And let me explain to you what makes this guy great. There's a guy Ziegler. You don't have to do that. You could be like, yeah, this guy is like, you know, he's probably not statistically the best player on the team. And he's come off the bench in a lot of games for, uh, for most of the season. And he said he loved coming off the bench for Tennessee. I think he might be the best player on the team. I think that might be the best player on the team. And then if, if, so, if you're watching a game with someone, you told them that and they started watching, they would see what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like that's that's who Zakai Ziegler is. Right. And they have I think the three guards that they have, because of the length of Vescovy, who's like six three, six four, you can afford to have Ziegler start, even though he's around five nine, and you're covered because, you know, Jordan James, Josiah Jordan James and Vescovy, like you get six foot six, you got six foot three, six foot four. You can cover your bases with Ziegler. And then Ziegler makes the offense work. I mean that the problem with Tennessee is always can they at least put together, construct a game where they can score enough points to win? We know the defense is going to be there. And with Zakai Ziegler getting everybody involved, getting double-digit assists, getting guys touches, I mean, that is – I mean, he, he's he's exactly that's what, what you want. That's why I – so I think it was the Colorado game. It was like the second game of the year, third game of the year. Ziegler had started up to that point. And, right. t- and Tennessee's been banged up and had illnesses and all sorts of things. So their lineups have been just crazy all season. But – um Ziegler was starting, and then I think uh, Tyree Keese took over for him and took his starting spot after they lost to Colorado. And Z- I don't know, I don't know how it happened. I don't know if it was like Ziegler doing a Rudy situation where he's like, "Please, coach, take my starting spot. Tyreek deserves it over me," um, which is you know actually on brand for Zakai Ziegler. Right, he, he would be that guy. Um, but then he he seemed to like want to come off the bench, and he he felt like ten- and whether Rick Barnes, it, it, the way I interpreted it, Tate was that. Rick Barnes said, we need exactly what you said. We need offense. This is where the defense is going to be fine. We need a shot in the arm at the offense. I got to put Tyreek Key, my shooter in there. He's a guy who knows how to score the basketball. He scored a ton of points in his college career. Um, senior guy, you know, right. like we got, we got, we got to, we got to have an offensive threat out there um, to, to, to save us on, on that end of the floor. And they've, they've, they've ridden with that all season. And then when they lose to Kentucky, which Ziegler didn't even play well against Kentucky. I, Tyree Key's gotten uh he, he's been out for a few whatever they but now Ziegler's back and they switched and I think I think I like this. This is what I like because Ziegler was great coming off the bench, but I think and I understand why they thought start key to help with the offense and all that kind of thing. But I think it's I think you roll with the guys you know are the best lineup, which is you gotta have Ziegler on the floor and Vesky, you gotta have Vescovy on the floor. And then use Tyree Key as like a guy out of the bullpen, you know? Like he's like a a situational guy, which like if as long as he can handle the ego bruise of it, which I think he can, you know, it'd, it'd be hard not to. The guy was playing at Indiana State, and now you're playing for a national championship caliber team. Like, surely you're going to be okay with that, right? 
and he's and he's from Tennessee, right? Like he's he's playing for his right his home state team, and I, like I'm he, he's gonna be fine with that. But I I, I think that's the move, dude. Let Ziegler cook because like Ziegler coming off the bench just wasn't doing it for me. I was I was losing my mind like watching these Tennessee games, and he's coming off the bench. It's like like that. I get the idea play. if you're Rick Barnes, like you said, it's like you stagger this lineup so each Vescovy in, in the starting lineup kind of runs the offense, and then Ziegler runs the offense in the second unit, but. I think having the the option of those two guards together, and like I said, you don't lose anything because you still have the length of Vescovy. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I Tyree, like I, Tyree I like Key played team. 17 minutes in this game. He's he's over three. He scores one point. Right. Um. But if he starts, he's taking more than three shots because there's just something about like if you're if you're a starting shooting guard, you're like I have to shoot. This is what I'm out here for. So then there's like now a pressure to like we can't win this game, Tyreek, unless you score. 10 to 15 points. That's that's the only way we can win. Mm-hmm. You bring him off the bench, he misses a few shots. It is what it is. You, you he, he's a good defender, so you can you can use him in that way. I don't mean to say that he's a lost cause if he's not hitting hitting threes, but um yeah, I I I think it's 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 a lot less pressure on him to be the guy that like everyone turns to and says, You must hit this, please hit this three or else we're screwed. Um, you just kind of let him find where he fits in. And then if he's not feeling it that night. You can go, you know, it doesn't have to be a punishment. It's not like get your ass back to the bench. It's just right. like tonight's not your night, yeah, dude. Relax. So we're gonna we're gonna grind. <laughs> take a seat. Yeah, chill. take a seat, dude. Take a seat. You know, and I I think that's the way they should approach it. Um, and then the hope is then when Tennessee gets to the NCAA tournament, the wheels are falling off offensively. They're 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 four for not even four. They're two for twenty six from the three point line or something. The hope is that like Tyreek Key can then become the guy that, that you know hopefully hits a shot or two. Like I kind of said earlier with David Jenkins, like that's the role. It not it's, that's very disrespectful to Key to liken him to Jenkins, I, I would say. But um, that's the kind of idea I see. That's the role I see him playing on this Tennessee team. Is the guy that on the march to a national championship, there's one game where nothing's going down, and Tyreek Key's like, I got you. Yeah, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit three threes in a row mm-hmm. and just like reinvigorate this offense and um. But I, I don't see him as like a guy that we're going to run the offense through, and that's that's not that's not what he should be on this team. No, anyway. not at all. And then I want to quickly say, just talking about guys going to the bench and back and forth. When I look at Texas in this game, there's one guy on Texas that stands out to me that shines always, at least in the games that I keep up with and watch of Texas. Serge Jabari Rice. Let's get Serge Jabari Rice starting. Let's get Serge Jabari Rice in the mix because. I think he might be the connective tissue of this Texas Texas group. It seems like when he – I mean, he played 31 minutes in this game even though he came off the bench. But my, why not just put him in the starting lineup? I don't know who you take out because I think there's a lot of egos that are involved with those two guards, those two starting guards. But I don't know. Whenever I watch Texas, I feel like I get a little bit of energy. I get a spark. I get something different when Serge Ibari plays. So that was my big takeaway as well as I was watching this game. Tennessee, I liked everything with Ziegler. Then I'm watching Texas. And I'm like, what's missing here? What is? What does this team need? They need a little bit of a shakeup, and I think Serge Ibari is the shakeup they need. So there you go. That's head my coach. <laughs> yeah, maybe a head coach, and maybe Chris Beard makes that decision. I'm not saying, you know, who knows? Who knows what what would happen if he was there? Who knows? How upset would you be if what what's the level of outrage if you find out? And I don't know why he would do this. Never mind. Stupid hypothetical. I'm sorry. This this, this borders on Zach Eady's only good because he's tall type mm. hypothetical. Let's start that. But I was gonna say today. if 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 you found out that Chris Beard is making coaching decisions still, just from just from home, like he's watching the the tape. Mr. And then K. He's, t- he's, he's just texting, in the tower. He's yeah. in the ivory tower. He's, he's he's texting the coaching staff and he's like, "Let's tweak this up. Let's throw in. Let's throw in this. Here's a play we should be running more of. Here's you know." And, and he's he's sending his thoughts 
to the coaching staff. What do you think the level of outrage is from the rest of college basketball? Mm. If we if we get but but there, but he's not again. It's a stupid hypothetical because Chris Beard is probably incensed with Texas and he's like, "I was fired unjustly. This is bullshit. I hope you lose every game now." Yeah, you right. Know? He's just sending sure litigation exactly. papers to everyone. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think that the the fans of Texas would be excited about that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. Is Chris Beard back to th- give me a percentage chance of Chris Beard back at Texas Tech? Right, that's what I. I feel like that's the inevitable. Uh, that's the inevitable return of it all. It's if you're a crazy. fan of content, that's what you got to be cheering for. Pray that's, to the content gods, especially that, uh, with the Mark Adams and the, the you know all the conversations about him. If that is an option, I wonder what Texas Tech would even think. Maybe they don't even go back to that well because they're like you're dead to us. But who knows? It's college basketball, Mark Titus. Anything is possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. Um. Creighton, Creighton beats Xavier. I mean, we don't we, thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up, baby. If you're surprised by this, you uh, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Titus. His name is Tate <laughs> Frazier. We do the show uh, throughout the college basketball season. We have a lot of fun. Um, otherwise, if you've been listening, you you weren't surprised at all on Saturday. Uh, this isn't. I have no anti-Xavier thoughts. Still believe in Xavier. Still like Xavier. I thought Xavier Xavier over UConn win was a. Uh, you know that's not going to carry them through the rest of the season. I I I need Xavier to continue to play well, but um, yeah, I'm not I'm not panicking with Xavier. I still like Xavier a lot. So, uh, to me, this was just like Creighton being the team that that we've said they are. Which um, I I I'm not saying Creighton's Final Four good yet. I'm not saying Creighton is you know back in the in that sort of mix. But uh, our old employer, <laughs> our uh, our employer uh, as of three days ago putting out the tweet tate cbb on fox like is is the is is the empire crumbling already we leave and 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 they're, they're losing their minds over there that they put out the tweet is creating even a tournament team like right after they beat xavier did you see this <laughs> they put that, out like I, a, a I, yes no like graphic that was like do you see creating as a tournament team and th- this is this was the point of like you and i talking about creating so much when the sky was falling in omaha and they lost six in a row and all that um we never. We're not arguing that they're at the level of a Final Four team. I think they could be, honestly. Like I think by the end of the year, maybe they could be. Um, but I'm gonna based say on that, the I'm advanced gonna... metrics I looked at, they have the third best starting lineup in the country. I said on the show they yeah. have the best starting lineup in the country, but according to our metrics that we look at, they have the third best starting lineup in the country. I think that's good enough to go to the Final Four, Mark Titus. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna, but I'm, I'm gonna hold off on that though. Like okay. I'm not, I'm gonna let. Th- they have to earn that. You have to continue to win. Like they haven't. They have. I'm gonna. They're do, a dangerous this... six seed in my mind. That's what yeah. I see. I'm going to hold them to the same road game standard. Like I need to see them go on the road and like beat the hell out of a decent team. And you know, I'm not getting there yet. The whole point of us talking about Creighton was that as it felt like they might not go 500, you and I were both like, this team is definitely making the tournament. Like this team is going to make the tournament. They are good. This is a good team. I swear to God, it's a good team. They will be a good team. (laughs) Um, And that's why we fight the fight Tate is because, CBB on Fox putting out these these questions. It's creating even turn. This was after Xavier, by the way. After they beat the hell out of Xavier, they're like, "What do you guys think? Does that is that good enough to get Creighton into the bubble mix?" I like to think that's the classic. You know, we we give credit to CBK Report for uh, putting out the trash for us to eat and respond to, and I think that was their last attempt. They were trying to get us. They were trying to get our. They're attention. trying. They're trying to get us right. to come back. It's, yeah, it's like your ex girlfriend like looking really hot, and then and the next yeah, time you yeah, see it was her, a you're like, wait trap. a second, oh my god. <laughs> Like, did you just neg me? Do I do I miss you? Do I miss you now? 
That's just what happened. And uh, look, we love the Blue Jays here on this program. And it was a great weekend for the Maui Bump because there's a lot of people that have come after the Maui Bump. They said the Maui Bump doesn't exist. When in reality, the Maui Bump is all about just the polls after the Maui tournament, which, yes, it worked again. And now if you look at the polls, Arizona top five, by the way. We need to remind people what the Maui Bump is. The Maui Bump is like right after Maui. Right. It doesn't just (laughs) – a lot of of confusion about that. But Arizona number five in the polls right now. Creighton is essentially back. If you talk to any Big East fan – of any team in the Big East, right? And you say, what team that you look at right now do you not want to see when it comes to the Big East tournament? And I think if they say off the record, they would probably all say Creighton. Especially yeah. if you had to play Creighton at home. Um, and I saw a lot of people complaining about the officials and things like that at Creighton. But, hey, welcome to Omaha. Welcome to a, a private school, a, an environment where it's going to get hype and that the officials are going to be in on it. That's, that's big-time college basketball, baby. Get used to it. As they were saying on the broadcast too, though Creighton doesn't foul. Like that's consistent, is that they they don't right. foul. They uh, we need we need to get the Purdue people on on that. Like Creighton, hire the Purdue nerds to uh, crunch the numbers for you. All the mm-hmm. people that say because the moment I said, uh, I don't know, Zach Eady should have got a flagrant foul against <laughs> Suzoko and then ended Slamming the game with zero down. fouls. That was kind of wild. Right. Then I got all these stats thrown in my face that Eady's actually, it's actually not that bad. And whatever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So we, we you need you need to get those same people on this because Creighton Creighton does I I think Creighton and Purdue are one and two actually um and free throw attempts per game for their opposition you know like they get they they give up the least amount of free throws um so like that's consistent and it sucks that uh, Xavier got in a little foul trouble but again like it's 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 college basketball at a certain right. extent that's what like, I'm saying know, like, this is big time like, college they, basketball it happens I, the the, re- the reason I don't get I don't get too uh, worked up about it one is cuz Xavier wasn't winning this game anyway like this was it, it might have been a more respectable score but I I Creighton was winning this game mm-hmm. um but two like th- this is this is just kind of, this, the, it, it's an ebbs and flow type thing and if you if you're smart about it and you're actually a great team like I think Xavier can be you just swallow it you say this is college basketball it wasn't our night this doesn't doom our season. We can still win the Big East. We can still do great things. You know, Creighton's a good team, and you move on. And that's that's where I'm at with Xavier. So whatever. whatever. But Creighton's Creighton. That was that was that was. I had that circled as like the game of the weekend, maybe. Um, and I I knew Creighton was gonna win. I didn't know it was gonna be that emphatic, and and I'd be that excited about him. So. There you go. I'm happy for Creighton. And uh, we talked about last week teams that uh, would be perfect with the names and, uh, you know, of the actual universities themselves. And, you know, we had a lot of people sending us in. Wasn't it your dad that said Dwight Howard going to Howard would be a great one? That would that would be. Yeah, fun. I think you just said Howard in general. There's a lot of that, that's oh, a pretty yeah. common last Dwight name. Howard. So. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, but the one that I keep coming back to that I can't get out of my mind and maybe because I, I love him so much. But Baylor Shireman at Baylor with Baylor on the front, Shireman on the back. Yeah. That that would be the best one, but yeah, shout out to Creighton. One one player I do want to talk about before we we move on to the shouts closeouts portion of the show, and shout out to Coach Titus because I'm sure he's excited. But I just saw Kevin Willard before the game uh, Maryland's playing Indiana. He said that TJD is the best player in college basketball and said he's better Whoa. than Zach Eady. Whoa! So uh, I just want to put that's that on your radar. That's that's just like that's that's buttering him up. That's I know. That's, I know. That's, but this yeah. is this is out there. Kevin Willard, head coach of Maryland, is saying that Trace Jackson Davis, in his opinion, he said this is just my opinion. He's the best playmaker in college basketball, and he's the best player right now in college basketball. And people forget that on Saturday, Purdue will be playing Indiana in a nice rivalry Dude. showcase. 
Not only will they be playing, your boy's going to be, gonna be in there. attendance. You're going to be in the building. I'm going to be there. So there you go. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Um, so I think we should talk it. We should at least hit on the fact that Indiana has is back in the AP poll. They're 21, if, yeah. I, if I remember correctly. And they have just – they seem to just found their way again. Indiana has always been, in both of our opinions, a good team all year. But they kind of got in the dog days of the season. They had some off-the-court stuff. There was a lot going on. But seemingly, they figured things out. They've righted the ship. And Trace Jackson Davis is playing – at that type of level that Kevin Willard is willing to stick his neck out and say he's the best player in the country. I don't, I, yeah, like I don't think Indiana's been bad, a bad team at any point this season. Uh, I, I don't mean any specific game. I mean like for stretches. Right. If you're looking at like any like two or three week span, I don't really think Indiana's been bad. It was just the teams ever. that they lost There's to that been, left a bad taste, like a Northwestern. Yeah. But Northwestern's actually pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I team. mean, Kansas kicked their ass, but that Kansas is built that way, man. When Kansas is, is rolling, they're going to they kick a lot of teams' ass. I don't know. It's, it's, I, it, it, it's going to sound like I'm making a lot of excuses, but I, I, I was never hitting the panic button for Indiana. Um, they're, they're, they definitely are not as good as I, I think the expectation was entering the season. Um, but, the, but the narrative around Indiana was always built because Indiana like is in a position as a program where every bounce of the ball is just like a referendum on where the program's at and are they back, you know? If Indiana throws a turnover, it's like we should all pause the game and discuss for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is is, right. Indi- is Indiana a fraudulent? Is, is Indiana still blue blood? No, no, they're not. They have four turnovers in the first ten minutes of this game. Okay, not a blue blood. Okay, there it is. And then Trace Jackson Davis gets hot. And you're like, oh my god, Indiana. Like that's that's what's annoying. And I say this as a guy that's like, it's a seesaw. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot just, of whiplash. Yeah. So, yeah, like Indiana lost to Rutgers and Penn State and Northwestern at various points in the season. And if you're an Indiana fan who's been following the Hoosiers for years and years and decades, you know, um, you say to yourself, there's no possible way we can salvage a season when we lose to Rutgers and Penn State and Northwestern. I mean, listen to listen to the, me say those words out loud. We lost to Rutgers and Penn State and Northwestern. But the context matters, dude. Like you, you like actually like look at – Rutgers being a great team. It was at Rutgers that when you lost, like there's no shame in that. Northwestern's a great team. You lose by one at home, shorthanded, without two starters. Uh, Iowa's a two-point loss, like, you know, on the road. And, like, the context of that, like, you kind of choke that game away, but it's not like – I don't know. It's not like the I, – I, I don't know. It was, it was weird. I never, I never, I never really felt like Indiana was um, – the bottom was falling out of Indiana. And for them to win five in a row and, and kind of rediscover their magic is – has been fun to watch, especially leading into the Purdue game. Cause I, I do think, and I don't mean to, to pit the two rivalries against each other. Cause I, you know, me Tate, you know, me, I love Duke, North Carolina more than anybody outside of that state or outside of those two programs. I'm very much a, maybe not anybody. Dickie V's probably number one there, but I think he's got family at Duke now, Dickie, v but he's does. also so in the program. I think he's in the program. Um, I'm very much a uh, respecter. I was, I was fighting on the front lines with you against the uh, Louisville, Kentucky, rivalry talk is the you know and that, that, that was probably the dumbest decade of my life by the way just dealing with that conversation um but as a native hoosier myself if you will allow me to i i don't want to steal i do not want to start a war i just simply want to um ask for your permission to maybe take a little bit of the juice and say can we get the country to buy into the idea of indiana purdue on saturday at the because it's it's the lead in to Carolina Duke and I'm not trying to make this a competition I'm not I'm just saying like I feel like it might have more juice right now like I feel like 
I don't know. I, I I want Indiana. I want Indiana Purdue to be on that level. I do. I that's that's all I've wanted my whole life. Because in the '90s, when I was a child, it did feel like it was on that level. Um, whether it's true or not, like I think nationally it wasn't because they weren't winning national titles. But both teams were like so freaking good, dude, and like top ten. It felt like every year. And um, yeah, I don't know. And I I think the the way that the way that rivalry is positioned right now, I think it is. If if Indiana beats Purdue, and then Purdue goes on to win a national title this year. It's in a position to where it could be, it, it could be for the next five to ten years the best rivalry in college basketball. It doesn't mean it, it it erases like the history of Duke Carolina. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying for like this period of time, it's in a position to like really be something special. I think. Yeah, I think college game day. Uh, if all things are fair and all things are true and all things are just, and the ESPN didn't have something to do with like the TV contracts with the Big Ten and things like that. Yeah, getting out of the Big Ten right, business. Right. Yeah. I think that if all things are are even, I think that the college game game day crew should be you know going to Bloomington. They should yeah. be there for the Purdue game. I think this is a, a national player of the year coming in to play Indiana, who has maybe the Big Ten player of the year. This is all the hype. And I think the fact that the college game day is rewarding Duke after what we saw on the national stage twice last year and rewarding them with college game day is dumb. I, I don't I don't think Cameron Indoor deserves game day after what happened to them last year. I think that was embarrassing. I think if you're going to do game day for Carolina Duke, it should be in Chapel Hill in March. That should be the game day. Mm-hmm. And then you do the game day this time at Assembly Hall. And you have the Purdue build up. You have Zach Eady on the show beforehand. You know, you do you do the whole thing. So to me, it's not even about uh, you know. I, I hope Purdue Indiana is is a big time rivalry, like you said, for the next five to ten years, and it should be because Matt Painter reminds all the Indiana fans of Bob Knight. So there's that natural I hate you so much because I hate me and I hate you, and you know it's like I love me. Wait a <laughs> second, you know it's like it's too close. It's all too close, which is what you want. Uh, as far as like a heated rivalry, especially uh, with the national implications. But I, I do find it a little disingenuous that college game day, and I understand it's about the Big Ten and the ACC and contracts and things like that. But I think if you're going to do college game day, Saturday in Bloomington with Zach E.D. coming to town is the move. It's going to be insane, dude. It's going to be insane, right? It's going to be insane. It's too perfect, and it's too great of a billing. And let's be honest, it does set up for a great win for Indiana if all things go according to plan in Assembly Hall, you know? Like, that is going to be – they're going to go crazy. We saw it last year. We saw it last year when they won. So, Oh, uh, I mean, this this Saturday in Carolina Duke is going to be awesome. I'm unfortunately probably not going to watch because uh, I'll – be yeah after after iu purdue i'll be driving home i don't know what i'll be doing right. if iu wins my brother will probably take me to nicks to get straight <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah right. i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen but uh um yeah i i this this feels this feels like a weekend that that reminds you why like college basketball isn't just a two-week out of the year sport or, or one month out of the year sport like this kind of this is anybody arguing that this game does not matter is just dumb. brain dead like, just like <laughs> or that regular season college basketball doesn't matter because this is that place is going to be insane and I, i'm so excited to get there for it, dude i haven't been to i haven't been to a game in assembly hall um i think it was like 2012 was the last game i went to wow when ohio state played there maybe it was 2013 it was it was a solinger Ten craft years ago team. a decade ago which is crazy yeah it was a solinger craft team ohio state played there i was a visiting fan and uh it was the weirdest experience of, of my basketball fandom life, like walking into a building that I thought I was like the a, a home fan for, you know, like I thought like this was my house in a way, you know, and then I walked in there and I was like, someone had moved into my house and 
I was. It was just like a bizarre. <laughs> it was here? just bizarre to have like Indiana fans like talking shit to me, and I was like, right. "What are we?" I thought we were on the same side, and I looked down, and I'm wearing. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Right. I'm, I'm a. I'm a Buckeye. You know, just, <laughs> it's your dad talking shit to you. You guys hate me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So then I decided I'm never going to Assembly Hall again unless, uh, unless I can cheer for the home team, and uh, yeah. So this, so we're doing it this year, and I'm taking, I'm taking dad, I'm taking my brother um we're 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 gonna have a and it's it's gonna be insane i don't even know the last time i i have never been to this is this is when i start to get emotional part of the show i have never been to an indiana purdue game home or away with my father believe it or not wow. for how much for how much he comes on the show we talk about purdue and iu and all that kind of stuff um not one time in my childhood did we do that uh because honestly more more likely than not we probably couldn't afford tickets but um we, we watched it every year but we just never we've never been to a game so for this to be our first IU Purdue game together, and Love my it. brother will be with us, uh, I win or lose, it's going to just be an incredible experience, and I'm so fired up for it. So yeah, anyway. I'm fired up for you, and uh, I, you know, we did the tour of Bloomington with, the, you know, and I saw Assembly Hall, and it's a, it's a beautiful building, and uh, it's going to be an insane atmosphere. And uh, I hope Ryan and Coach Titus and you get to celebrate. That's all. That's, they're going to. I'll be. I'll be. Pull, I'll be an honorary Hoosier. You know, I have my. I have my. Uh, I have my pants. My candy stripe pants. I can put on. So there you go. The downside. The downside is I'm. I'm doing this with my mom in a few weeks when IU plays in Mackey. <laughs> you can have your face painted. And I promised my black. mom. I promised my mom I'd wear Purdue stuff and cheer for Purdue. Right. And, um, you should. As much as I want to not do that for content and it, like I, I'm, I'm sorry to say. I, I, I love my mother way too much to like spit in her face and mm-hmm. take her to a game in Mackey and cheer against the team she you loves. You can't so, do that. Uh, anyway, I about IU Purdue and we can we can wrap this up because we still have another show before they play anyway. Right. Uh, but th- that's that's gonna be a game that, uh, assuming Indiana doesn't screw it up against Maryland, which I don't think Indiana has to beat Maryland. I think Indiana just has to like, not shit the bed against Maryland if it's a close game and. Maryland wins by five or something. I don't think that's that doesn't that doesn't mean anything to me in terms of like the excitement for Saturday. But uh, you the Saturday is a, a game you walk away from with narratives built for either team. You know, like if Purdue goes into that environment and beats Indiana and Edie handles Trace Jackson Davis uh, at a time when he's playing out of his mind. I mean, even the even the biggest doubters, the Purdue doubters, have to just be like, damn. I guess this team really is for real. And this team really is the best team in the country. Right. And it might, it might have a chance to be kind of special as we look back on You might it. have um, to bend the knee. That might, that yeah, we might moment. have to bend the knee. Yeah. We might have no choice, but to bend the knee. <laughs> and if Indiana wins, I don't, I don't want the, uh, put Mike Woodson on the shoulders and say we're back type shit, but like, it's, it's, it, I, I would rather Indiana focus on this season and just say like, we are a legitimate team. And this, we are the team that we thought we were coming into the season, which is a team that can win a national championship. And that's what they said coming into the year. And I think they can get there. They're not there yet. They haven't proved it yet. But I mean, you take care of business against Purdue. I don't know. Suddenly, you're talking yourself into it. So yeah. Um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be, it'll be awesome. I'm fired up. So no, it's good for uh, your home state. I, I just wanted to I wanted to spotlight Indiana in this moment in time because I feel like you know people like Kevin Willard and the rest of it, you know the Big Ten seems to know, but the national people might not know. So there you go. Shout out to TJD and and the Hoosiers. And shout out! Uh, I'm I'm going. I guess I'm I'm on a mission to save Assembly Hall, though. That uh, Assembly Hall literally tried to kill Bryce Sensiball. Yeah, so, I did not like that. Uh, I already saved the Ohio State program famously by getting one win against Iowa. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> Changed the course of our season forever. <laughs> um, 
I'm gonna do the same with Assembly Hall. That that place is obviously falling apart, and uh, I'm gonna come and 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 repair it myself personally. I, I think the net factored in the fact that that piece of metal fell because the net rating <laughs> yeah. said it doesn't matter. Does it? The loss doesn't matter. Uh, shout outs, closeouts. Man, shout out to uh, this weekend of football, and shout out to the fans that love to blame the officials. I feel like I've never. Yeah. We, we there is a uh, we went through a pandemic, but there is an epidemic out there that is happening where. Fans just tweet during games, terrible call, foul. How do you not call that? How do you not see that? And just as someone that doesn't care, I have no, I don't care either way who wins these games, but just watching uh, a Twitter timeline and getting text messages and everything being about the refs, get this out of my face. I'm tired of that being an excuse. I'm tired of people talking about it. Yes, it's a problem, sure, but I also, it's all drivel because nothing's going to change. What are they going to do? Even if they come out and put out a report report and say we were wrong, it's like, okay, well, (laughs) the results, the result stands. What's frustrating is, uh, it's just, it's just become boy cries wolf, you know, where it's just like, I don't know. They're they're ever because even a situation like LeBron against the Celtics, (laughs) like I, I wish I could care. But I couldn't care because <laughs> I got too many I got too many arguments about refs and other games and other sports and right. other you know like I you spread out my uh, I don't my have anger. the bandwidth I don't have the, I don't bandwidth, have the bandwidth for all yes. this officiating yes my anger my officiating anger has been spread out over multiple sports and multiple games and multiple days that like I don't have enough to but I would there there used to be a time where I'd be like yeah let's talk about it like that was horseshit and that was like we all could come together and. And then also, I guess LeBron and Pat Bev. <laughs> I mean, uh, the the fact that the fact that the NBA has like <laughs> it has come to, and I guess it's because they love the, the the wrestling world or like the people involved. Maybe the players do too, but like it is turned into a uh, a drama. You know, it's like it's sports a soap entertainment, opera. dude. Right, it's sports entertainment. Right. It's not basketball. Day, it's, it's not basketball, not. exactly. And I've I've said that before, and everyone laughs at me and says you're doing a bit right. And I'm like, I guess I'm doing a bit. I don't know. It's not even college. <laughs> versus I, NBA I, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I new segment on the show. I guess I'm doing a bit. I don't know. Right. Right. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's not even a college versus NBA thing. It's a, it's an NBA versus basketball at every other level at every other part of the world thing. Like make it a, ba- an NBA versus Euro league thing. Make it an NBA versus international basketball thing. Make it NBA versus women's high school basketball thing. If you want like every other form of basketball in this country, in this world looks pretty similar, you know, like it right. looks, the, the, the rules are pretty similar. There's, there's no gather step bullshit going on. There's, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's no superstar treatment to a certain extent. I don't know. It, it just like all looks, you can squint. It all looks pretty similar. There's one league in this world that plays the quote unquote sport of basketball that just does not look like anything like what we're seeing in the rest of the world. And that's, that's the NBA. So, I mean, like it, in the same way that I look at wrestling, when I watch big 10 network plus and every so often it's like Ohio state versus Penn state, one versus two type wrestling thing where like every six years, it feels like I watch an Ohio state wrestling match. Um, when I'm watching that and I'm like, wow, that was good wrestling. I love wrestling. And then someone taps you on the shoulder and is like, if you love wrestling, boy, do I have something for you? Royal rumble this Saturday, turn it on. And you watch that and you're like, this doesn't look anything like that bullshit. I watched, uh, that's literally a South park episode. Yeah, 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 Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I feel that way about the NBA sometimes. And that's a great example. It's like wrestling versus wrestling. LeBron James falling to his knees, crying like he's Nancy Kerrigan, getting clubbed in the knee. <laughs> why, why, why? Right. 
Matt Bev grabbing the t- in, in like, what Boston are you doing, too. Dude? Like what? Like what do you expect? Like you're playing in Boston. Like you've played in Boston. You know, like you know what you're dealing with. It, oh my god, uh, dude! Yeah, was... My favorite part was uh, there was an ESPN article that uh, Dave McMiniman or someone wrote, and they were talking about the Lakers, and they they said in these five games that the Lakers did not get a fair whistle at the end or whatever, however they phrased it to make it seem like they weren't complaining. They're like, if the Lakers, if things had swung the other way in those games. The Lakers would be the fourth seed in the Western Conference, and it was amazing because other teams started quote tweeting that they're like, "Okay, she's like, if this had happened fourteen times, we would be the number one seed in the Western Conference," and that's why it's ridiculous because it is nitpicking at some level. Even you know, I saw Chiefs fans pulling back holding calls that were in the game. They're like, "Well, they missed this holding call. I'm, they missed." I've it. had enough. I'm over the discourse. I, I think I'm Team Ref, dude. I think Rob Lowe was onto something. Just right. like cheer for the right, cheer for the product, <laughs> cheer for the ref, cheer right. for the product, cheer for the product. Um, yeah, and the the uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Reddit bullshit was another great example of like someone watching Eddie Guerrero wrestle and and point out all the times that he's pulling a chair out from when the ref looks away and <laughs> you're like, dude, what are, what the hell are we even doing here? What are we this doing? Is... Yeah. And then all the, all the, all the journalists going through and debunking it, which like I, I respect from a content <laughs> perspective, but also I, I guess that's the problem. It's like once upon a time, like the whole reason the NBA became popular on the internet was because that sort of shit was different, you know? And like talking about Jaron Jackson Jr. Having his numbers fudge at home was was like quirky and different and interesting and like uh wow the, the NBA has these conversations that no other sport has and this is fun and um if you're a fan of NBA that that's that's part of the fun I guess and now as we sit here in 2023 that is no longer like the alternative way to consume media and consume the league that's the mainstream way is is you have to talk about LeBron's reaction at the end of the Celtics regulation and Pat Bev do you see Pat Bev showing the camera and do you see what do you, you think about that? Do you see what do you see what Tatum said on Instagram after the game? Do you see that? And 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 you talk about Jaron. Did you see the Jaron Jackson stuff? Yeah. What'd you see? I, I saw Goldsberry debunk it, but oh, KOC did too. Yeah, I thought I, I thought Goldsberry did a better job than KOC. But did you, oh, you you thought KOC did better? Okay, yeah, that was the point. Is I guess that they both debunked it, and you know, it kind of like this is where we've arrived as NBA consumers, where you're like, can I just get like a a a story of. I don't know if some guy ripping cigs with Larry Bird at the bar after the game. Like, where's that? Where's like Michael Wilbon talking about? I I went out to to steak dinner with Michael Jordan last night. <laughs> right, right. And instead of being like I'm friends with Michael Jordan, it's like I just sat there and watched this man <laughs> smoke three cigars and slap the waitress on the ass. There's your story. Print it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. that's the journalism right. I want. Right. And instead, these guys are going out to Headline, dinner. The real Jordan rules. <laughs> <laughs> instead these guys are going dave McMenamin's going to dinner with lebron and then you look up and dave McMenamin signs with clutch yeah. and then now he's like putting out st- and it's and dave McMenamin has a, a cameo in space jam 3 and i'm like get me off of this this ride i want off i want off <laughs> right it's a tough anyway. life to be an insider too you know like all those guys uh it's it's like a, it's a tough racket to keep up with and it's all I don't know. It's all narrative based, but I I have uh, never witnessed such ref uh, drama in my entire life. Yeah, across sports, across across like, all e- sports. Every, yeah. every every single conversation I saw, like people were live tweeting during games, like that's a foul, like with no context. We should. I, I've had this bit <laughs> idea for years. I've ha- I've had this oh, bit yeah. idea for years with uh, NFL Sundays is to just tweet bad call or right. You got to make that catch. 
Uh, or yeah. you got to make what that is he, play in that moment. Yeah. How, why? Well, I would kick the field goal here. Right. If 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 it comes to yeah. it, if it you comes gotta down go to for it. this, you got to go for yeah. this. Everyone yeah. knows that you got to go four for down. This. I just or just tweet four down territory as like mm-hmm. twelve different NFL games are going on at once. Right. And you're watching. And Red never. Time. And never point out which game you're watching because that's that's how it feels sometimes to be on the other end of it is just like what what are we even talking? And right. especially with NBA people, like with the NFL stuff. Obviously, there's one game going on at a time. So, like, if people are tweeting about NFL stuff, you know which game at this point in the season that you're talking about. But yeah, some of these some of these NBA people I follow, man, it's like I don't even know what the hell you're talking. They're just like you just tweet travel in all caps. <laughs> I I will be honest. There's 19 games going on right. around the league. <laughs> I think that the NBA, the way that they fix uh, the the problem with the viewership and the sporadic nature of everything, is they should just tweet every day the actual schedule of the games. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, where you yeah. can watch them. You know, I know that sounds dumb, but in reality, even I get lost. I keep up with it, and I get lost. I'm like, wait yeah. a second. LeBron's playing at 9 a.m. in Boston on Saturday? <laughs> what? Spe- speaking of NBA and refs, you saw the statement they put out about the LeBron call, where they're like, we have sleepless nights when we get calls wrong. Do you think they're doing that oh, if uh, if it's Kevin Herter that gets fouled on the final play? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, even Celtics fans, like, in response to the NBA statement, they were showing the game before against the Knicks. Rob Williams goes up for a little turnaround, and he got hit in the elbow. And they're like, we didn't come. Celtics, we don't complain about calls. We move on. This happened to us last game. You know? Yeah, that, yeah that, we don't complain. I, this happened to us. Yeah, yeah, but here's my complaint. I, but if we were to complain, here's brain. what we would say. It's breaking my brain. I can't listen to it anymore. Stop the ref discourse. Stop it. Stop it. Stop stop uh stop screen screenshot Twitter's gotta go too. Right. I'm over it's, it. It's 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 yeah, it's all it's all De- Dev in the lab uh, I enjoyed until I realized he was joking. I thought he was being serious and I was like, This man's a hero. And then it's like and that that's what screens screenshot Twitter has gotten to the point where you've jumped the bridge. You you're too far. You jumped the shark. I'm over it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're done. Um pivoting away from all that, shout out to Aiden Mahaney, uh St. Mary's buzzer beater to beat uh byu on the road the st mary's team is a tough out stamp it tough print out. the make the graphic st mary's colon big old stamp that says tough out <laughs> and you guess who guess who number six is in the net st mary's yeah yeah so there you go are so they that... the, they play uh gonzaga i think saturday they host gonzaga uh because i i've been of the belief i've just not shared it on this podcast uh but i'll say it now because they're about to play gonzaga st mary's is the best team in the west coast conference Oof. and Anyone update. who treats St. Mary's beating Gonzaga on Saturday as an upset is, is a, a casual. Yeah. You're casual. Mm-hmm. Now, if Gonzaga beats St. Mary's, my promise to the American people, I will never talk about St. Mary's again. <laughs> I'll be done. <laughs> I will unstamp the t- No, I won't. Right. I won't. They're 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 good, man. They're 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 good because they 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 know who they are and they they run their shit and they uh you know, they 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 turn their games into rock fights sometimes. But Mahaney's been incredible. Like he's He's the guy. He's he's the fresh. He's the best freshman in the country that'll make zero freshman of the year list. Mm. Put it that way. There that, you go. that no one will even. Again, that that's another way. You're if he's not at least honorable mention on your freshman of year list, casual. You're casual. casual. Yeah. So Parker, if you're listening and you're putting together your freshman of the year, <laughs> yeah. I am going to His lose top my shit. Twenty freshman. Hey, he's not. Yeah, yeah. If he's not on there, he's a strong. He might have already 14. put one out. I should go look. Yeah, he probably did. Parker's so, pretty good. Parker goes the other way. He puts Mahaney at like two. And then right. gets everyone. 
I will say, Parker, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, people that are trying to do the college basketball listicles and content and thing like that. And uh, Parker wins every single one of those that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, the man's pretty much been undefeated. And when he's when he's had shots taken at him, he's honestly, it's like the Matrix. You know what I mean? He's like Neo in the Matrix. He doesn't take any bullets. He just moves on and uh, yeah. and he wins. And he, and he continues to win. So shout out to, the, shout out to Parker. Parker, make some merch, dude. I want to I want right. to rock some CBK report crew neck or a, a hat or something you know i think he should make his own uh analytics site i think that he should uh, dude he should just go after kim palm like go, dude. go after the nerds that's like, a great idea and just have some like have some uh some old school right uh, he has uh, an uh, eye test percentage yeah there's an eye test, test percentage and that's how it's ranked by there's the bitch coefficient and it's just like right. do i think they, this team's got some bitches yeah. on it yeah. soft coefficient <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indiana, they're they're one of the softest teams in the country, but also they're one of the best teams in the country. How do we? They're like uh, the the part of my take, guys. Love pointing out that they'll never bet on a uh, a team with candy ass uniforms to win the Super Bowl, which is why they always talk themselves out of the Dolphins. Right. Um, throw one of those coefficients in there right. too. Like you got some candy ass the candy ass you know? coefficient. CAC. Yeah. yeah, or or just like bad uniforms in general. Mm-hmm. Like the, you don't these uniforms aren't sweet. I, so. I think that's the move, and I think that's how you trump all of the uh, the nerds that are coming <laughs> after him, you know? Because the nerds are coming after him, and they're like, you don't have the data to support this fact. And, Parker, you need to have the data, and I think you create the data. Because that's what we learned. You know, how do you win in the war of uh, statistics? You just create your own data and your own formula and your own Absolutely. algorithm, and then you fight back with that. That's what you do. That's why there's so um, many of them. That's Parker's, new, Parker's new website becomes the new net. And he's <laughs> right. If you, if the NCAA was smart, they would hire Parker to run the net. <laughs> he oh. just does the list every week. I would, then I would be up to date. Um, shout out Brevin Galloway of Clemson, starting shooting guard for your Clemson Tigers. Your first place, Clemson Tigers. Um, still right? They're still in first place in still ACC. In first place. Yep. Uh, puts out on Instagram on a story, I believe. Uh, that his balls exploded. Um. And he's he's working through it. And I shout out to Fox too. I saw I don't know if other networks did this, but they on the bottom line, they had the balls Tate to put Brevin Galloway injury report parentheses testicles instead of like sensitive area or you yeah, know growing like uh, medical problem a lot of growing injury you know? yeah groin area injury mm-hmm. they just straight up put like Brevin Galloway is going to be out or whatever. Parentheses testicles. Yeah. Parentheses testicles is awesome. I love that so I do much. Do love that. Um, so yeah, he uh he just said he was lifting and his balls explode. It seemed like he was coming out of surgery and he was, you know, uh, a coming off of the uh yeah, yeah a little a little wonky coming off the uh uh the anesthesia there and uh was just was just letting it rip, telling the story of what happened. Mm. So did I have I ever told you this story? Um TMI, 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 by the way, warning. So uh if you don't want to hear me talk about my testicles, uh, maybe just stop the podcast and we'll see you later this week. I'll give you five seconds, four, three, two, one. Okay. Uh, after my freshman year at Ohio State, I was getting a physical for going into sophomore year. Um, and our team doctor, when he was doing the the hernia check where they you know put the finger on your, your uh, groin, you got a cough and all that, whatever. Uh, he noticed my balls were a little swollen and I had, this is a true story. I swear to God. And I had, uh, it turns out I had a varicose seal is what it's called, which is like, uh, the varicose veins that you see in like 
sometimes like old people, you know, have like the blue, like lumpy veins in their right. legs or their, you know what right, I mean? Right, right. It was, it's like the varicose veins. Basically what was happening is like my veins were wrapping around my balls this whole time. And I didn't realize it. And the guy was like, did you know that your balls are like screwed up? And I was like, gotta be honest, doc. Like I'm not like fondling a lot of other balls tonight. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Based, I on, never really... based on my own research, they're actually doing, they're great based on what I've seen. Yeah, I was like, I thought this was normal. I didn't, yeah, I, I mean, right. I thought like, this is what balls are supposed to look like. He's like, no. Um, and he said, uh, like basically the the fear is like the the blood vessels were twisting around the uh the the sperm tubes or whatever so like he's like if you if you don't get he's like it, you don't have to get surgery per se it's not like it's life threatening but uh you could have problems having kids down the road and I was like I don't know I'm a family man I want to be a father um as I sit here at 35 years old with no kids uh so I was like yeah I, I we should probably get this taken care of and also it was on Ohio State's dime the surgery because you're playing I was, I was an athlete, you know, right. I'm, I, I, I gotta have good balls if I'm going to help out the team. Right? <laughs> right. So I got surgery, uh, going into my sophomore year. Um, we had the surgery lined up where I, I basically had all the, the veins flipped out. And when I come out of surgery, my ball sack was the size of like a small watermelon. <laughs> and when I tell if you that you Evan Turner back then. When I tell you that Evan Turner, like that's how we kind of started our relationship. I think like that was the first time <laughs> like, Evan comes. I think at this point, Evan had been on campus for a little bit, but Evan wasn't on those seven teams. So his freshman year was the going into my sophomore year. And, uh, you know, it, we were, we had been working out over the summer and then I disappeared from summer workouts and I come back and I'm, I'm out of summer workouts for like the next month or two. And I have a ball sack that is swollen to the size of a small watermelon. And, uh, Anyway, I just want to say that uh, shout out to Brevin Galloway from normalizing uh, right. those of us that have been right. on a basketball team with with ball injuries because I think I think that was like a butterfly moment in me and Evan's relationship that if if that does if he doesn't bully me out of the gate like that then maybe we're friends you know throughout my career but instead we were enemies from that moment on that right. was that was the villain origin story yeah. it was Evan Turner you're like is this guy making fun of my balls yeah. <laughs> It was objectively the funniest thing. I I mean, I, I, I would have to get like, cause like, even when I came back to start practicing, they were still like pretty swole. It took like forever, for, but they were fine. Like the, the doc was like, you're going to be fine. You might hurt if you get hit in the balls, but it's not, you're not like, you know, you're hundred percent go play. But they had to like, I, I was wearing a cup in practice certain times. <laughs> Just like the contraptions we had to build around my gigantic sack for, <laughs> Shout out to the the sports, uh, you know, administration staff that I had to put that together for you. I don't know if I've ever told. Have, have like I ever ten, told about like that tennis, on the show? They're like tennis needs a cup, but uh, have so I ever tennis, talked about that on the show? I don't think so. I don't maybe, think so. Maybe. Right. Well, there we go. There's knows, a there's a fun little nugget. Now that we're not at Fox, I'm allowed to tell stories like that. Right, right. There's your dirty laundry story. Of the so uh, there you go, Brevin. I hope your road to recovery is. Uh, better than mine was and right. i hope your teammates don't uh but but that's something to monitor tate if, if clemson loses loses their grip on the acc maybe brevin galloway's getting bullied maybe he's, they've lost the locker room or something so it is tough it is tough i mean you can't help it at that age to make a couple jokes but uh, <laughs> godspeed and good luck brevin <laughs> all right is that it any other shout outs i think that's a great last shout out honestly that's that, that leaves it on a high note a very high note TMI, I apologize to those who couldn't get to their uh, pause button fast enough and uh, had to endure that story. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's the show. We'll see you guys uh, later this week.